Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland. All of us have a past and all of us have been broken and hurt by somebody. And everybody tells us, you just need to move on with your life. Although I agree with that, I can also tell you there are parts of your past that you don't ever need to forget because they are essential to the people that you are going to become. And that's what we're going to talk about today on The Big Picture. This is our moment. This is our fight. We're trying to help you understand how the enemy works and why he is doing what he's doing. Here I am. Use me. Speak through me. Work through me. So no matter how bad it gets, Pastor, we have a hope in Jesus Christ. I'm not a spectator anymore. I am all in. I am your voice. I am your hands. We have been talking about the seven principles of unlocking the greatness of God in you. Here's what we've covered so far. We told you you've got to go all in, number one. Number two, it's important for you to live a life that is about others and not just about yourself. Number three is surround yourself with greatness. And today is part four. And personally, this is my favorite one. And that is you can't live in the past, but you also can't forget it. You know, one of the things that I talk about all the time in my life is my past, not because I live there, but because I am who I am today because of what I went through in my past. I was raised in a very abusive childhood. Uh, it shaped a lot of things that I became as a young man, but it also became the fuel for me to not become some of the things that I was raised in. When we think about a life of greatness in God, many times we just think about a life of perfection. We think about, you know, somebody had the greatest life. They were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. You know, everything they wanted, they got it. And therefore, they had a great life. But they didn't live on the side of the tracks I lived on. They, would, they didn't have to go through what I had to go through. So it's hard to relate sometimes to what uh, you see somebody else's life of greatness being, and you think, well, yeah, but they don't get me. But can I tell you something? First of all, you don't know everybody's story just by seeing what you see on TV or what you read in the book. You don't know what they've been through. In fact, some of the greatest, most impactful people in the world came from a horrible past, or maybe you had to go through some times of dropped, being dropped by someone or a time of darkness in their life. But let me tell you what the Word of God says. In John chapter 8, verse 36, it says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, listen, you shall be free indeed. Now, there's a difference between, there's another scripture people like to quote a lot. It's like, uh, you know, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, is what they like to say. But the actual word says, make you free. I want to tell you that there's a difference between being set free and made free. And that applies in a lot of aspects in your life. But on this program, I want to talk about being set free from your past and being made free from your past. See, if I was in jail or in prison and, uh, and I broke out, somebody came in and broke me out of jail, broke me out of prison. You know, I would be, I would say I had been set free by someone. 
But am I really free? No. I'm always looking over my shoulder. I'm always wondering, you know, who's going to turn me in. And the police are continuously looking for me because I was not really set free. I set myself free. I, I made decisions on my own to try to avert the system, the process. So I'm outside of the cell, but I'm really not free. I'm still living in bondage. And a lot of people in the body of Christ and in life in general, you know, they've told themselves, well, I'm a Christian now. I go to church now. I'm not the person that I was before. I've sort of been set free. The truth has set me free. But when you understand the power of words and you read it for what it really says, is made free. Let me show you the difference. If I was in prison and I was serving time for a crime that I committed, or, or let me back up, for a crime that I didn't commit or maybe even did commit, but either way through the legal system, uh, something happened and that judgment was overturned. That judgment was erased from the record. And the guy comes in and gets to my cell says, hey, Larry, it's time for you to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, you've been made free. What do you mean by made free? You, you, your record has been expunged. What that means is I can now walk out of that prison cell and I can walk the rest of my life without looking over my shoulder. I'm not, I didn't forget what happened to me. No one can erase the memory of living in that cell. But now when it looks at the record books, I've, I've been made free. I've been determined to be free. I can truthfully say I've been set free and made free. So I want you to know that there's a, something that can happen in your life that can take you from the process of just being forgiven, uh, and which is a big deal. I mean, that's the biggest deal of all for the child of God is when you know that your sins have been forgiven and your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Nothing can compare to that. But when you mentally, you, you can be saved. Let me back up and say it this way. You can be saved, know that you're saved, but still mentally be bound in the past. Some people call it generational curses. Some people, you know, that your dad was like this, your, your mom was like this, and, you know, it's just sort of spilled over into your life, and there's certain habits and temptations that you can't seem to break. So you're saved, but there's still just things that are tying you, almost like soul ties to the old man and to the old life. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm a living testimony that, that you can't forget your past, but you can be made free from your past. And let me just tell you, the same thing that happened for you to make you free in the kingdom, and that was you asking God to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and save you, is the same powerful principle many times that will make you free from the past. That's why I say you can't live in the past, but you can't forget the past. Let me, let me tell you what I mean by that. So my father abused me. I've said that. And, and I'm not trying to bash on him because I want you to know that because of what I'm about to say. But for a long time, I blamed that. And even after I was a Christian, I was a husband, I was a father, I was even a pastor of a church, I was still living in my past. When things would come up, I would lose my temper with my family. I would make a stupid decision, do something that caused harm to our family. I would blame my past. I would say, well, yeah, it's because I'm, in my mind, I would tell myself, well, it's because I'm still recovering from those wounds. There were many nights that we would lay in the bed talking and Sandy would have to hear me crying and weeping and, and telling stories. And she was just so patient listening to me as I would just relive and rehash the hurt and the pain. And I would just sort of throw all my failures under the umbrella of what was done to me in my past. So one day, uh, as, a, as a father of two young daughters, 
I was just struggling with some things and I was sort of on my face before God. And I was like, God, why can I not get over this? Why can I not get over this hump? Why can I not ever truly change and become the man of God that you've called me to be? And I began to feel the Lord tell me it's because you have unresolved unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart that you can't, it's a barrier, it's a wall. You cannot go to the next step until you deal with this. And I realized who he was talking about was my father. So at some point, it was not easy to do. I just said from the depths of my spirit, God, I forgive him. God, I release him. God, I know what happened, but I'm a grown man. I have responsibilities. I have a, a wife. I have children. I have a church. I have a life, and I have friends that you've called me to be an impact. So I can't, if this is it, then I've got to just forgive him. I don't need him to do anything. He's not in my life, but I've got to let it go. And something came on me, and I just, because I was genuinely meant it, I felt something happen. Something shifted inside of me. I felt a new level of joy, a new level of purpose. And it only, nothing changed in my life. When I went home, it was the same world. Everything that was there before that prayer in that moment still existed. But I was different because I couldn't forget what had happened to me. Uh, but I moved truly only through God beyond that. So I began to say, how's this going to happen? So one day I ran into my father. I had not seen him for years. So here's how flesh works. Here's how your mind works. So even though I had said that to God and I had felt that I was completely free, there was still a part of me that wanted to manipulate the situation. Because I was 10 years old when my mother left my father. So I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, I've not done anything as a child. What, what can you blame a 10-year-old child for to a grown man? So I thought, if anybody needs to ask for forgiveness and anybody needs to apologize, it's not me, it's him. So I come up with this great design. I'm going to ask him, if I ever see him again, to forgive me. And he's going to obviously, as a man, say, what are you talking about, Larry? If anybody needs to ask for forgiveness, it's me. Well, I saw him. And when I did, that plan kicked in that I'd even forgot about. So as he's passing by me, it's just a very casual, hey, how you doing? There was no conversation. Right before he got in his car, I said, hey, Dad, before you go, if I've ever done anything to you, to hurt you, will you forgive me? And in my mind, I'm like, here it goes, here it comes. Here's what I need to finally get closure in this moment. And I'll never forget as long as I live. He said, I forgive you. And he got in his car. And I was like, you forgive me? What? I mean, it was like, it was like God just used that to expose me that, that even in my attempt to try to move on, there was still some kind of arrogance there. But then I remembered that I had told God I forgave him and, that, and I was not going to go back there again. And the Holy Spirit reminded me that is not who you are. This, this, in this moment, this is not who you are now. So I just said right there, standing with my hand on the doorknob, I said, you know what, God, I really do genuinely forgive him. And I speak blessings on his life. And I hope, God, that he gives his life to you and that he spends all of eternity with you. Lord, I, I release my father to you. 
I forgive him. And I'll never forget it. Right before I opened that door, I heard the car door open. And my father got back out of the car and he yelled at me, Hey, son. And I turned back around. I said, Yeah. Just tiny, tiny bit of tears was in his eyes. He said, Will you forgive me for what I did? And I said, Dad, I already have. But thank you. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot to me. And he got in his car. And I want you to know, it was the last words I ever heard him say. Years later, he passed on. But that day, I was free. See, I'm still talking about it. I don't live in it, but I haven't forgotten it. And that's a principle of unlocking the greatness of God within you. Because your past can be the push to keep you going. When I come back, I'll tell you the next part of this process. You're a loser. You're a failure. You're a liar. Where do you go every night? And what are you doing? It's none of your business. Okay, that's it. Get out of my house. What were you thinking? Look at me, boy. Why didn't you just return them? I, I just want you to be happy. So please walk away. I'm not leaving. Why would you ever want to stay with me? I see greatness in you. I had never, ever heard those words before. Everything in my life changed with those five words. I'm driven to help the underdog, to help the abused. This phase of our ministry, we feel like God's going to use to impact more lives than we ever dreamed. So yeah, we're, we're just getting started. You know, I've heard it said, they call it a testimony because you've been through a test. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is true. Life is a journey of mountains and valleys. And I want you to know that on many occasions, a lot of those mountains that you have to climb later in your life are mountains that really came in your life in your past. It's something really crazy and unusual about walking in the spirit realm. There are things that are in the natural and there are things that are in the spirit. And God uses both of them to make you who you are. That's why we call this show The Big Picture. And we call it The Big Picture because we want you to always be reminded there is so much more going on in the world than you could ever see with your senses that are in the natural, with your eyes and with your ears. In fact, when you see people walking by you, sitting next to you in church or maybe uh, in the store and you're checking out and there's a person standing next to you that you don't know, you, the big picture is you have no idea what that person has gone through. You have no idea what they're going through in that moment. People have become so good in putting on masks. We've been taught to put filters on. We got our phones, we put our selfies up and we take pictures and, and then we look at it and we like, you know, I don't, I don't like the way that looks. So we put a filter on it and then we take all the imperfections out and then we add music to it to make it a little bit more dramatic. And then when we make that picture look like, man, I look like I've got the best life anybody could ever have, even though I can't afford to pay my bills, my cars broke down, I mean, my water heater just blew up, my washer and dryer's not working, but I want the world to look at this picture and think, man, 
That guy's got it all together. She's got it all together. That's the world we live in, but that's not the true picture. That's not the big picture. And I'm going to tell you something. What I've seen as a pastor over the years is people are real good at putting a mask on. I've learned how to do it myself. You know, the old saying is, fake it till you make it. And a lot of times, you know, you'll see people, hands raised, praising God, you know, laughing and at jokes and cutting up, but they're dying on the inside. And that was me. That was me for most of my life. Is that even after, I'm talking about not before Christ, BC, but I'm talking about after salvation. Just because you get saved doesn't mean that those mountains and valleys are still not in front of you. I love that, that the Word of God tells us that, that when Jesus is talking about faith, He says, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, think about how, what He used to illustrate. If you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and command that mountain to be cast into the sea and it shall be done. So who is he talking to? Well, he's talking about if you have the faith of the seed, of, of, of the grain of a mustard seed, then you could have that faith. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the believer. He's saying there's still going to be mountains. But let me tell you about mountains and how they tie to your past. There are certain mountains that are before you that are for that moment in your life, that you are journeying on that in your life. You, you're, you're, say, at, at my age right now, I've got a, another level that I'm going to go to. There might be a mountain that's put before me. But some of the mountains that are the hardest to climb, no matter what age you are or no matter how long you've been living for your life for God, are mountains that have followed you everywhere you go. It's like, have you ever, you ever made a determination? You was really going to change. You was going to do something powerful for God. And you set out, man, you were on fire. And, and it seemed like every single time before you would get to that miracle, get to that change, get to that promotion in who you're supposed to be, you hit a wall. You hit something that always seems like a pattern in your life. That's what happened when I, when I told my wife, who was my fiance at that time. I was 20, maybe 21. She was 19 right out of high school. and She found out the truth about me. I told her to walk away. And the reason I told her to walk away is because I knew me. And I remember saying, I know what I'm going to do to us. I'm going to crush this dream that we have because that's what I do. But I, know, I didn't know then as a young man what I know now is what I was really saying is there are some things in my past that I've never dealt with. I've never crushed them. I've never conquered them. And they keep coming back. That's why I call this part uh, where we're at right now in the seven steps to unlocking the greatness of God in you. This particular step is don't live in the past, but don't forget it. So the key is, let's flip that. It's not all about or just take part of that out. Some of us want to just forget the past. We can't just forget the past, but we do have to deal with it. And those mountains that I was talking about when I was standing before Sandy about, I know what I'm going to do, is the pattern. A lot of times it's generational things. A lot of times it's environmental things that, was, that came out of the environment in which you were raised. But either way, you've got to deal with it. And let me just tell you, Jesus said, take that faith of the grain of a mustard seed and speak to the mountain. Now, I want to just digress for just a moment and help somebody. Because I know that there's people, maybe, I'm not in any way taking a shot at anyone, any other preacher. I'm not condemning any other uh, way that they deliver this message. But I want to tell you how I feel about it and what I've learned in my life. 
I am a faith man. I am a faith man. And many people that watch this and, and watch the programs that are on here, you are faith men and faith women. And you believe in the power of faith. You believe that faith moves the hand of God. Doubt does not move the hand of God. Even circumstances does not move the hand of God. Faith, now faith, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Your faith has made you whole. Over and over again, we see the power of faith. I am a faith man. I believe that Jesus Christ was telling us that by faith, we can tell certain barriers in our life to get out of our way because I'm a faith man. You have no right to stand in front of me. Get out of my way. I'm a man of God. And you can walk through and your faith can crush that mountain. Now, you may not agree with me doctrinally, and that's okay. Uh, there's probably other things you not agree with me doctrinally. And quite frankly, I probably don't agree with you doctrinally and everything. We'll just agree to disagree. But on this, hold up and just give me just a moment. I believe the Bible tells us emphatically that there will be some mountains that we can speak to and remove. But there will be some mountains that God has called us to climb. And, and I'm telling you right now, I thank God for the mountains that I've been able to cast out with the faith that I have and with the power of my spoken word. But I'm going to tell you something. The mountains, the moments in my life that changed me the greatest, that make I truly believe made me the man of God I am today, the husband I am today, the father I am today, the papa that I am today, and the pastor that I am today. I believe it was those mountains that I had to climb because because there's something about the, the whole climbing thing. It is not just the physical effort, but the terrain, the, the, the danger of, you know, you could fall back. That pushes you, that adrenaline. But then there's also something that happens on that climb of the mountain that, is, that happens to a pilot that's in an air, airline, an airplane. It's called the PNR. It's the point of no return. In an airplane, when you get on that airplane and you're flying a distance, that pilot and that aircraft uh, uh, controller, they know that that plane has a certain amount of fuel in it. And depending on how long that journey is, there is a place in that journey, especially if you're traveling overseas, when you're flying over water or something, it's called the PNR. And what does that mean? It's the point of no return. They realize we've just crossed the PNR. That means that we have just enough fuel at this moment to turn around and go back to where we started. Or if we go any further, we have no option but to finish the course. Because at this point, if we turn around and go back, we'll never make it because we don't have enough fuel to get back. So when you climb that mountain, just like in that airline, there is a point on that mountain where you, something rises up inside of you and you realize, I can go back and start over again, or I can push through. I can push through the heat. I can push through the dehydration. I can push through the struggle, the cuts and the wounds that the rocks have put on me. What happens? When you get to that point of no return, that PNR of that mountain, you look up and you can see the top. You can look down and you can realize that I can go back and what did I accomplish then? No, I'm going to finish the course. That's what Paul said. I'm going to finish the race. I've run the race. I've finished the course. Finished. God doesn't want you to start. He wants you to finish strong. So you keep climbing. And there's some kind of supernatural thing happens. You start reliving everything that was behind you. You start thinking, if I go back, I've got to deal with that again. I don't want to live there. But it's, it keeps driving me to go forward. 
What, what good would it be for me to go back down there again? My purpose is to get to the top. What I'm trying to get in my life is up there, not down there. So yes, I'm thankful that down there something happened to push me to climb this mountain. But I'm not going to stop here. I'm going to finish. That's what happened to me in my life. I just said, you know what? I can't live the rest of my life being a victim. I can't spend the rest of my life saying, woe is me. No, I have a family. I have a life. I have a purpose. God has called me to do something great for him. And it's at the top of that mountain. And I kept pushing. I kept climbing. I'll encourage you to keep pushing and keep climbing. And eventually, you know what will happen? You ever, you ever watched a documentary of somebody climbing Mount Everest or some mountain? They'll show you the scenery of them climbing and climbing. But when they get to the top, no matter how tired they are, their oxygen level is low. They can barely even stand. Something happens at the top of that mountain. Their hands go up. They plant a flag. Do you know what else happens at the top of that mountain? The view changes. That's where you see the big picture. Because while you're climbing, you can't see what's on the other side of that mountain. When you get to the top, when you finally deal with what your past did to you, but you get made free from it, you find yourself standing on top of a mountain, looking back down at all the things of your past. But there ain't no way you're going to go back down that mountain. And you can look around and you can see things that you could never see before. That's why I say to you, don't live in the past, but don't forget it. Because that is the fuel that drove you to the top of the mountain to enable you to see the big picture. And that's exactly what I'm going to pray for you. When we come back, we're going to believe that you're going to make it to the top of that mountain. In Jesus' name. You're a loser. You're a failure. You're a liar. Where do you go every night? And what are you doing? It's none of your business. Okay, that's it. Get out of my house. What were you thinking? Look at me, boy. Why didn't you just return them? I, I just want you to be happy. So please walk away. I'm not leaving. Why would you ever want to stay with me? I see greatness in you. Never, ever heard those words before. Everything in my life changed with those five words. I'm driven to help the underdog, to help the abused. This phase of our ministry, we feel like God's going to use to impact more lives than we ever dreamed. So yeah, we're, we're just getting started. Let me remind you one more time. Don't live in your past, but don't forget it. And that's what I want you to leave this program knowing. Everything at the bottom of that mountain has driven you to the top of that mountain. I want to pray for you right now. I want to believe that today is the beginning, maybe the beginning of the journey. But for some of you, it's the finish of the journey. Some of you are almost at that point of no return. You're thinking about going back again. But after this program, you're not. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare that you will fin finish the course. You will climb that mountain because on the top of that mountain, you're about to see some things about your life, your future, and what God has called you to do that you would never see if you turned around and went back. So climb that mountain. Keep pushing. Keep 
keep pushing, keep pushing, and believing that God has called you to a life of greatness. Not to go back. Don't go back to your past, but don't forget it. It has made you who you are, and I stand with you. I believe a miracle is happening in your life. New purpose, new reason for living is happening in you. Just shout to the top of your lungs, I'm going to climb this mountain in Jesus' name. I want you to connect with us at LarryRaglin.com. When you go there, you'll see all of our social media links. You'll see how you can support the ministry to help us to continue to do what we're doing because it's all about you. And we love being in your homes and we want to continue to be here. We want to continue to expand the reach of what God is doing through the big picture. If you'd also like to connect with my wife and I and the church that we pastor in Birmingham, Alabama called Solid Rock Church, you can go to solidrockchurch.com. You can watch our sermons there and join our Solid Rock family and of course, our Big Picture family. Why don't you let somebody know about this program and invite them to watch it the next time it's on and connect with us because that's what we want to be. We want to build a family right here on this station and in your home or ever how you get this program because we love you because you're family to us, y'all. And we always want to remind you each and every week that we come here on the Big Picture, we see greatness in you. We'll see you next time on the Big Picture. If you've enjoyed today's message, we'd love to have you partner with us to help spread God's Word to as many people as possible. To find out more about Larry Raglan Ministries and how you can help, go to LarryRaglan.com. Or if you're planning to be in the Birmingham, Alabama area, join us in worship at Solid Rock Church. We'll make you feel right at home. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.